Desperate Housewives Fan Podcast, episode number 15. And welcome back to another episode of the Desperate Housewives Fan Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And we are here to share with you our initial reaction, our thoughts to the most recent episode airing February 8th, 2009, titled Mama Spent Money When She Had None. All right, folks. Now, I want to say I, I am glad that Desperate Housewives is back. Absolutely. I enjoy watching this show with you on Sunday evenings. Which is so much. It's just so funny. It is. You know, the weird thing is, is this is only episode 15, and it feels like we have been podcasting about Desperate Housewives for so much longer than 15 episodes. I know. But, you know, I guess it'll just take some time for us to get those numbers up there. But it, it does take some time. It does. Especially when they take hiatus. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Come on, people. Uh, so this is one show that I am, I, I would say that if if I had to call it a, a more of a, a chick drama, if you will, and, and I don't mean that to offend any of our male audience who absolutely loves and enjoys watching Desperate Housewives because I'm one of them. But it but it seems to the audience is probably skewed right. more in the on the female side of things. Right. If we had to just be honest about it. You know, it. housewives. Exactly. They're not the Desperate House husbands. But I enjoy Nobody this. cares about them. I really enjoy this show. Uh, you know, there. I think that when it comes down to it, um, I'd say that Desperate Housewives has just risen above um, officially Grey's Anatomy and private practice for myself. Now, I don't know about okay. you, but that that's, I'm just placing that out there. I know right. that. It, well, I, I kind of think that it always has been on a different level than, than the two of those shows. Well, different level, yes, but I'm talking about as far as my enjoyment. Oh, okay. That's what I'm talking about, oh, okay. just how much yeah. I enjoy sitting down. Not <laughs> well, just listen to the latest episodes of the Grey's Anatomy and Private Practice Man <laughs> podcast and you'll kind of get where we're going with that. Exactly. But, and, and I'm not just talking about, and, and for those who are out there thinking, you know, oh my gosh, I love Grey's or I love this so much better. It's not so much just watching the show, but I'm talking about my enjoyment, not just viewing, but also podcasting and talking about it. I don't know what it is, but Desperate Housewives has this has this aura about it. No, maybe that's the wrong word. What's another word? It has, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, it has it has this. Oh gosh, uh, reputation. Okay, how about that? It has this. Uh, reputation of having a trashy uh, it theme. does it does you know that it's all trash it's all but this it's not. It, and, and matter of fact I remember I was talking with my mom the other day who you know, <laughs> it was, it, no this is this is probably actually maybe more than two months ago but I went out to lunch with her and of course for those that don't know this I used to be a full-time insurance agent uh, a very successful <laughs> insurance agent worked in a family-owned business my mom and dad owned the insurance agency I left that career behind <laughs> To go into podcasting full time. And of course, she's asking me how things are going. And I'm telling her about, you know, doing the the Desperate Housewives fan podcast. Because you guys don't, you guys do a There's show on that. a ghost on that or trash. a three-year-old on the other side of I'd that door. I'd say it's probably a three-year-old, three-year-old on the other I'm side sorry, of that door. I'm sorry, what did she say? She goes, you guys are watching that trash? Nice. <laughs> That's exactly what she said. And I said, yes, mom, we are. 
And I said, there's, there are some really great family values <laughs> that are that are portrayed in this show. <laughs> and she goes, oh, so you're talking about great family values. So I understand that some uh, middle-aged woman is having sex with a teenage boy from high school. Season uh, one. <laughs> no, season now. Who? Porter. Hello? Oh, that's right. That, yeah. I'm sorry. I completely she, forgot she, about that. My mom's up and it's like, gosh, mom, you sure do you know. You sound a, like you're watching it too. <laughs> you sure do know a lot about this show that you consider trash. Right. right. I mean, but she named all the all the moral dilemmas okay. and uh, th- that are obviously in the show. But anyway, I digress. digress. I like the show. Yes, and we I, do. I, and tonight they did. They had some great topics, some great things that I think will be will make for some great discussion here in this podcast. Okay. But I'm going to pause. After these messages. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to pause for just a moment. We are going to go replace a child yes. into a bed and we'll be right back Absolutely. after this. And we are back. So that's what happens when you give three-year-olds a nap in the middle of the afternoon. It is. It really messes up their entire schedule. Not that we're making excuses, although we are. Oh, no. I'm not, I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying I expected that. that okay. That's all. I Very was cool. not surprised. Well, moving back into the conversation of this totally awesome, trashy television show that we watch and enjoy so much, mm-hmm. I would love to talk about... The financial uh, episode here, this this episode, All right. which I think they did a great job of showing a couple different things here. First of all, I love the title of the episode is Mama Spent Money When She Had None. Mm-hmm. And obviously this is uh, an, an issue that our country, our culture, this I mean, everything. Absolutely. It, the, the amount of a materialism that goes on in the day-to-day world here, you know, bailing out companies with billions of dollars that, you know, our great-great-great-grandchildren are going to have to pay back and all this other stuff. Just crazy borrowed money all the time. So I understand this whole scenario. And now Stephanie and I are not going to stand up on a high horse and say, oh, "Oh, we know all about this and we've We're totally have risen above this because obviously we have our own share of financial woes and and struggles and and mismanagement from time to time. In fact, uh, there is an episode of My Crazy Life. Can you believe it was about three? It's it's actually over 300 episodes ago, Stephanie. Way back, episode number 56 of My Crazy Life. We talked about the concept. 56? Episode 56. Wow. Yeah. Uh, of My Crazy Life, we talked about the concept of living debt-free and how that could be a possibility for anybody out there who really wants to accomplish that. Right. <coughs> of course, um, we, we'll put a link to that in the show notes okay. for the folks that are listening. So anyway, what we want to do is we want to cover what they did cover about finances, about how that affects relationships uh, with friends, uh, husband and wife, div- and maybe divorced couples, although we don't have any experience with that. Uh, but uh, obviously, their relationships, mm-hmm. hands down. So let's start off with Lynette. Okay. So uh, seems like a pretty good place to start. The episode obviously started with Lynette mm-hmm. and uh, basically handing the keys over to Tom's midlife crisis. Right. And Foxy. Uh, Foxy <laughs> is driven off by another man. <laughs> okay. I don't feel sorry for Tom. I, no. I'm sorry I don't. Well, I mean. Yeah, in, in a way, I do. I mean, it, it was, you know, they they obviously felt that they could afford that car when they purchased it, 
And uh, I, I would say that if there there's any indication, or they could afford the credit for the car when they purchased it. Well, I, I'm hold on. I'm wondering if they had credit on that car. Okay. Here here's a couple of reasons why. Okay. Number one, um, I, I'm not opposed to business debt. Right. I think, I think I, I'm not keen on it. I'm not I'm not ultra excited about it. But I'm not opposed to business debt, and I think there's okay. a difference between business debt and personal debt. And I think that if, I think the Scavos in the show, and I'm totally assuming things here, right? <coughs> Excuse me. I I believe the Scavos have business debt on their restaurant. Okay, are you following me or the chat room? I'm following you. Okay, so I don't believe the Scavos had. I mean, mortgage payment aside, which which okay. You know that 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 can be eliminated, but I don't think it is in their case. Although they didn't, they haven't once mentioned the possibility of losing their home. Have you noticed that? I have. Yeah. I, they've talked about losing the restaurant, right? But, but I they, don't think they've talked about losing the home. I don't think that's come up in conversation. I could be wrong. However, I don't think that they have very much personal debt, if any at all. Because of the fact that well, Lynette did say to Bree that if they lost the restaurant, that her family would be moving in with her. Yes. So well, and it could be it, because personal bankruptcy or okay. a bankruptcy yeah. situation. Okay. I don't know. I, I like I said, maybe they have the mortgage. So the question is, though, the reason why I think that they weren't in personal debt, credit cards, and all that other stuff. I believe that car that Tom had okay. was paid for with cash or or whatever. Okay. And the reason why I say that is because she had $20,000 in an emergency fund. Right. You know, you don't you don't carry $20,000 in a uh, market uh, what do you um, a money market account. Right. In in an emergency fund if you if you've got, you know, $30,000 in credit cards. In credit cards. card debt, right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So I do. so my indication is that they're personally they were not in debt. They've made Okay. Lynette made So a, these are all new Le- problems because Lynette Screwed up. Lynette screwed up big time. Seriously. So that, <coughs> excuse me, if if anybody needed to learn a little bit about some very stupid mistakes that have been made and, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, Breeze obviously has worked her butt off. She has. You know, this, this isn't just, and that's the one thing I hate about finances is people look at one other person's circumstance and they, they say, you know, oh yeah, well. I sure would be able to manage my bunny better if I was as lucky as you. In Which is what Lynette said to her. Exactly. And I, I just hate that. I, I do too. Um, Brie has worked hard for what she's got. Mm-hmm. And although I think that she is wrong in flaunting it in everyone's face, I think that Lynette is wrong for <coughs> resenting Brie for it. Exactly. So... In the chat room, uh, Jerica says she was mentioning that the business went down the tubes due to the economy and bad press. Right. Well, obviously, you know, she, I I understand her son did some things that would obviously give some bad press. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the economy, but the the real issue is not that. The real issue is that she took twenty thousand. She squandered their their emergency friend fund for exactly. such an emergency. You know. Exactly. So so she could they could have weathered out. This downturn, this this had she not done that exactly right. She she gave that money away to port. What, or would that have gone to her, you know legal fees? Right. So what whatever the case, you know she messed up. Yeah. And and yes, they are all paying the price for it now. Exactly. So with that, basically, uh, 
Lynette can't afford Tom's midlife crisis anymore, which of course uh, becomes a topic of conversation between uh, her to Catherine and she confesses or Mm -hmm. shares that she is indeed broke. Right. Then there is talk of the economy. In fact, I think the economy is mentioned at least once or twice as a current topic. And of course, uh, I'm no, I'm no, um, I've noticed this a lot. On all television shows. And all the television shows. Yeah. Everybody's talking about Everybody the economy. Is. And it's kind of like after 9-11, all the quote-unquote suspense shows all now mention, you know, we were well, actually we were watching um, Eagle Eye. By yes. the way, if you have not seen Fabulous. Eagle Eye, watch Eagle Eye. It is amazing. It is a great movie. But all the all these shows with terrorists that they all talk about, you know, the uh, threat levels orange and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like... Um, they're they're playing off of what's going on in, in the real world. So there's talk of the uh, uh, economy and it's like, don't worry, we're all experiencing this. You know, it's it's hard on all of us. And then Brie is not doing anything wrong. Mm-mm. And she pulls up in her nice brand new car that she pulled that she purchased for herself. Can I just tell you two words right now? Yes. Product placement. Yeah, what kind of car was it? It was a Lexus. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Could they have not been more over the top with that? I'm cool with product placement. Um, Kroger brand water. As they're as they're talking about <laughs> no, but I just think that it's funny that she drives up in this, you know, hugely expensive car while they are talking about the economy and it's just Yeah. Yeah. Two sides of every coin, I guess. Well the thing is is that she decided to splurge a little and, and obviously Brie has not you know, I mean, they they all live in a, a neighborhood that perhaps could be considered to be above their means if they're struggling and are, quote unquote, broke, mm-hmm. you know. And of course, Susan, you know, things aren't going too good for her. Her books aren't selling. And look at her trying to put her child not only staying in the same neighborhood, <coughs> excuse me, but also trying to get her son into a place that she obviously cannot afford. Mm hmm. And so we'll talk about that in a little bit yep. because I want to continue to stay on this Lynette thing for a minute because I want to see. I have a whole other thing with Susan, not even regarding the money. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that because I want I want to hear your thoughts. So Brie pulls up and then all of a sudden she's like uh, flaunting it for just a second. And she I mean, I don't think she did anything wrong. She's sharing it with her friends. Of course, it <coughs> would have been nice not, you know, to consider the fact that maybe not everybody is experiencing the same, you know, uh, blessings that she is, but you know she's still excited. I can I get that, right? I don't think Brie's done anything wrong there. No. In fact, the other girls were very excited. It's like, well, you are going to show us how it parks itself, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and so they're excited. They even say it's a ritual. You know, this is what we do. So anyway, then Catherine does something stupid. She tells the ladies she shouldn't have. I agree with she you. She absolutely shouldn't have. And if Lynette is going to be angry at anyone, it should be Catherine, not Brie. Right. But she, of course, doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then well, she should. I mean, she, oh, that's Catherine's true. the only one she's told. And now all of a sudden Brie's coming over offering money. You are correct. So she should know. Anyway, um, let's see. I saw her talk. Oh, that's right. So Catherine. And then all of a sudden the gossip begins. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you know, I did see her over the recycling been recycling her cans. Yeah. That's just one step up away from selling your eggs on eBay. Yes. <laughs> so, um, and of course, that that leads on to this whole thing. And of uh, we'll, we'll just real quickly go through this because I want to talk about the $20,000 check. Okay. And I don't know if you and I are going to agree upon this or not. 
And if we agree, that's great. And if we don't, I think it'll make for good discussion. Okay. Uh, or debate, rather, maybe. Uh, so, I think the check between Bree and Lynette. I liked the the I liked the conversation. You know, Lynette kind of saw the check, and she's like, "Well, let me see how much I'm actually turning away." And she's like, "Wow, this is." And and then she goes, "No, this is." She goes, "But I, you got to understand, I, I don't know if we'll ever be able to pay this back." And she goes, "You need to understand, this is not a loan." This is a gift. And at that moment, a friend would accept this. And in fact, there was there's some great conversation between the two of them. And let me see if I can. I don't know. I'd have a hard time accepting a gift that large. Well, here's the thing. Bree offers to help a friend. Twenty thousand dollar check. And Bree says, what's the point in success if you can't share it with the people you love? Mm hmm. And she says, well, you know, the point is, is that I won't be able to, you know, pay it back. She goes, it's not a loan. It's a gift. And she even says, listen, I'm not even going to miss this. You got to understand things are good for me right now. Right. So $20,000 may seem like a ton of money, you know, but but here's the deal. She understands clearly understands Tom and Lynette are in a very sticky situation. She understands what's been going on with her son. Uh, with, with uh, Tom and Lynette and their son, they understand about the business. They understand they under she understands. Bree's good with money. She she has, and of course she can relate to Lynette and the struggles that they're facing because she's obviously had some problems with her son that has caused some issues in the past, mm-hmm. right? So she understands. She is financially well to do, and to her, she can afford this without feeling the pinch to give twenty thousand dollars as a gift to say. Here, I don't want this back. This is a gift to you, you know, and I believe it's possible to receive that gift graciously without any strings attached and have it not mess with the relationship. Lynette is the one who totally screwed everything up by refusing to accept a gift. Okay. So do you disagree? Well, the only thing that I, I'm confused with you on is that I don't think it was initially a gift. I think through the conversation, Brie turned it into a gift. I don't see. I don't. I did not. I don't get that. think that it was brought to her as a gift to begin. You know, I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I misread the whole scene. Okay. Well, let's just assume that you're correct, and and I'm okay with that. But. At at the at a certain point in the conversation, it became clear that she specifically said, "This is not a loan. This is a gift. I'm not going to miss this." Okay. Anytime money is entered into a relationship, it's going to get ugly. I disagree. I don't. When have you ever been given money by someone when it hasn't had strings attached? When you when they're not, you know, giving you the second glance on when you buy something or the way you spend the money is in question. Even if it's a gift, it always has strings attached. Okay. And um, although I think that Brie probably did come and offer the money with the right motives, knowing knowing who Brie is and who they have shown her to be thus far, she would have done that. It's the same. It's the same Brie that threw the pizza in the trash. Well, that's what I'm saying. The the breed through the pizza and the trash that was all Lynette's doing. L- Lynette, instead of instead of taking a gift, she turned it into a business deal. Business no, deals turn into that. problems. You don't go into business with a friend. 
No. You that you just don't do that. You do not become partners with a close friend. No. But I think Brie would have had a problem with the Parmesan cheese, whether the money was a gift. The Parmesan cheese. It was a business arrangement. That was that was Brie. That was the details. That was Brie. That pizza was going to go in the trash, whether the money was a gift or whether the money was a business arrangement. The bit period. The the Parmesan cheese would have never happened had Brie not become an official official partner. It would have because she was going to throw that party for Brie anyway. Okay. Wasn't well, she? I don't know. I I don't know. I, I hadn't thought about it that way. I thought that, you know, it's like, number one, I don't think it would have been a quote-unquote public announcement to anybody that, Bri- oh, by the way, my husband and I are broke, and Bree saved our family by giving us $23,000. Let's throw a big public party for her. That wasn't the point. The point was to... I think that the party happened, by the way... Are, you know, we're very thankful to Brie and sh- we're celebrating the fact that she has now helped. She's no, come they were to- celebrating her success. They oh. weren't celebrating the fact that she had helped them. Okay. Okay. You're right. That w- that wasn't the. Okay. No, I think that Lynette had good motives in offering to throw the party. <laughs> Brie completely changed the party into what she wanted. Lynette just wanted it to be their close group of people. Gotcha. And Bree says, oh, well, while we're at it, why don't you just, you know, use it as, as a way to fill, to pack the to place. To finally fill this place. Yes. Especially, let's do it on one of those dismal Thursday evening exactly. services that you run. Well, exactly. I, I still think that, you know. I think that, that it that party was meant to be something intimate for for those housewives that that have become so close I, I still think that i think that it would not have gone down that way i don't think that the party should have been thrown in the first place but i mean obviously it, it did so i all i all i know is this okay so if you're here's the deal okay stuff here here's what i'm thinking okay we are in time and i think this is an important conversation okay I, i'm not just doing this because i i think it's entertaining to watch cliff and stephanie disagree and and we're talking you know but I really want to have some thoughtful conversation and see if what this spurs on. Okay. So here's the situation. We are in a very difficult economy. Today, people are losing their jobs left and right. I mean, it's just this week alone, this past two weeks alone, we have been, I've learned at least of two or three people that mm-hmm. I know that have lost their jobs. And I mean, we're talking CEO of a company all the way down to factory worker. I mean, it's just happening everywhere. And the, the, and that's just close personal friends. We're talking. I know about so many more. And uh, Chef Mark in this chat room says Stephanie is always right. That may be the case, but I still want to have the conversation of you know when does when does pride get in the way? You know when when does pride get in the way? If you are struggling, always. if if you are struggling and you cannot feed your family. And somebody else who is extremely well-to-do and, and is a close friend says, listen, I don't want anything. I, I don't, I want to give this to you not as a loan, but as a gift. Okay. No strings attached. Then it's like, as long as that's clear, it's like, you know, if that person makes it an issue after that, that's their issue. But chances are, if somebody offers you money to, to help out in a very tight situation because they feel that God has blessed them with an abundance or whatever. And they just want, it's like, I mean, I look forward to the day when we would no longer be burdened with, you know, just 
you know, scrounging and stuff like that and, and, and stuff. And we have already taken on the, the principle of living below your means for a period of time so that eventually uh, you can live above your means or to, to give. At your means. You should never live above your well, means. Well, that's what I meant. Living at our means. But but to always live at a, at a place where we can we can give in the future. That that's right. that's what I want to do. And of course we're we're giving now. Well in the chat room here, um yeah. uh, Chef Mark mentioned Dave Ramsey. Mm-hmm. And when we started the 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 Dave Ramsey program, which we did did, did do and we are debt free because of that. Um it was debt free minus our home and one car loan. Yes. Um I, I always, when I say debt free, I mean unsecured debt. We have no more credit card yes. debt. We have no more student loans. Yes, that is what I mean. But thank you for correcting no, that's me cool. because I so appreciate it. No, I, anyway, I, the slogan is: I just don't want people to think that Cliff and Stephanie have no bills. <laughs> bills are different than debt. Okay, and well, if they think that, then that would home, be their de- okay. misunderstanding. I will agree that we have no unsecured debt. All thank of our you. debt is secured. We could hopefully sell things and yeah and get out of so sure we could sell them in this economy but right yeah right um no we did not scream it chef mark <coughs> um anyway what i was trying to say was the, the the whole slogan that we learned to live by was to live like no one else so that later on we can live like no one else exactly and and it really is a matter of Changing the way you think about money, mm-hmm. changing the way you think about um, things, and yeah, it, it's anyway. Well, here's my deal. Here, here's the thing: if Bree was to write, if that check, the amount of that check was for two hundred and fifty dollars, that's not going to help. If, no. Okay. If it if it was two thousand dollars, okay, that might help. That might pay a mortgage payment. Or, or actually, that'll pay two mortgage payments. Okay, Here. <laughs> probably yeah. not there. Okay, or well, well, no, I'm sure that they hopefully they've paid a good percentage of their their uh, mortgage. Uh, mortgage or their principal down. Or oh okay. gosh, what is it called? That they have some equity in the house. Yes. So, um, <clears throat> so let's just say that you know two thousand. But but still, that's not going to get them out of the quote unquote broke stage. A twenty thousand dollar jolt is like you know somebody being on the in the hospital room with no heartbeat, and they you put the paddles on, and it's like it, it it's like jump starting their financial situation again. You can do a lot with twenty thousand dollars, and Bree was offering that. Anything less probably wouldn't have had the same effect. You know, okay. it, it would be like to hooking up what do you the, a defibrillator to a nine volt battery. It's just not gonna have the same effect. You right. know. And so she was able to offer that. And it's like, who, what, so what do you do? I mean, do you go hungry? I don't know. I couldn't, I don't think I could have accepted the money because me personally would have destroyed myself and that relationship in the, here, here is the thing. We watched, we watched Big Bang last week. Okay. And if you don't watch Big Bang, I'm really sorry. I wish I didn't because I just hate what that says about me. That I have totally sucked myself into my husband's geekdom and am loving a lot of it. All right. Um, so anyway, we, we watched um, the Big Bang Theory. And Sheldon had lent Penny money. Okay. Quite a bit of money. She was in, um, she was in some financial situation. He didn't care 
when she paid him back. Mm-hmm. But that was okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean okay. to interrupt. I apologize. He was not hurting because he lent her that money. But she was beating herself up about it. And every time she saw him, she felt like she needed to explain how she had spent it when she was going to pay him back. She was. She was messing with that relationship. So you could say that that Lynette is is Penny and and Bree is Sheldon to Bree and Sheldon. That money meant nothing to to give it away, mm-hmm. but to accept it is completely different. Okay, because it does change things. And in that episode, I completely agree to agree with you. While Sheldon did not miss that money in that TV show, and it certainly was not helping him. And he said, "I could not see. I don't. I do not foresee any possibility that I will need this any bit of this money that I'm lending you for the foreseeable future. I, I'm totally taken care of here. It's completely fine." Take as long as you want to pay it back. See, that's the pressure. See, that's it's a completely different thing. The the of course, if if we and of course we're not going to go and break out the Bible here or anything like that on the Desperate Housewives fan podcast. But (laughs) but the thing is, is that you know the Bible talks about number one, the the borrower slave to the lender, and that's exactly what Penny felt. And so, and that's of course exactly what we kind of. And I think that even as a gift, even as a gift, that is how Lynette would feel based on who they have shown us these two women to be. Okay. Gift or loan, gift or business partner. That is how Lynette is. That is the position that she has put herself in regarding this money. And I think that that and I think we should move on because I'm tired of talking in circles. All right. We disagree. And and that is OK. I'm saying I agree that that Lynette I'm saying I, I think Lynette put herself in this situation. I agree that she was wrong. I'm not saying that Brie was wrong in offering the money. Lynette should have never accepted it as a gift based on her personality. And she should have never turned it into a business agreement because that's just stupid. OK. I do want I will I I will agree to move on if I can just make one more point on my side not to ask you to agree but just to for the, for the purpose of this conversation and those listening to the podcast if, if that's okay. I would like to ask you have you and I ever given away money to somebody who who needed it who were struggling? Have we ever done that? Do you remember? Yeah. Okay. There are probably about two maybe three times that we've done that. And I will I will go ahead and give out some dollar amounts. We're talking $50 one time, we're talking $150 one time, and we're talking probably about $200 or $250 one time. Okay, now to us, at those times... It doesn't mean anything because I don't even remember. Okay, well to us, at those times... Specific amounts, I mean I remember people, but... Those, at at those times, that was, I mean, well, number one, it was more than we had in cash anywhere. Uh, It was an extremely huge sacrifice, and... By golly, when we gave it, we felt it, but we gave it because the people who we gave it to definitely were able to take that and and to do so much more with that than what we would ourselves right. could have done or could have or would have done with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were still at the point where, you know, it's like if we wanted something, we were going to go out and get it or we were going to go out to eat for dinner. So, I mean, it wasn't like we were, you know, <clears throat> at home starving ourselves, but we gave and, and we gave it to these people. And, uh, well, one of it was one time it was anonymous. The other times it wasn't, and, and it wasn't, we, it's like, it was no loan and we never once 
considered. I mean, it was it was it was not a thought in our mind. Now, what that did in their mind, I have no idea. But that's between them and how they deal with that stuff. Right. I understand. That's all I'm saying is that. Okay. That. I, believe, I think we're saying the same thing. Just no, in I, I, I agree. So I, I think the the thing that you're saying is that you know Brie maybe be the why friendship. couldn't Brie have done it anonymously? Okay, I think that the way she presented it, maybe we had her own pride issues. Okay, dealing with. And if that's the case, then I will understand the the final um, the final thought that was shared at the end of the episode. You can do a lot of things with money, but you just uh, but you must never use it as a weapon. Because someone always gets hurt. And I will say, I did not see Brie use this as a weapon at all in this episode. So I completely did not understand that line. I don't think she used line. it as a weapon, but I think she used it to build herself up. Okay. I do. And um, Chef Mark was saying, don't forget how proud Lynette is and that she once was a powerful woman. Yeah. And so this money and accepting it has so much more to do for her than just the money. Right. And And what I'm saying is that Basically, in this and and, and taking it away from Do- Desperate Housewives, mm-hmm. take it away from Brie, take it away from Lynette for just a moment, and say, okay, there are a lot of people who are losing their jobs today. Okay, that have have been let go. Uh, maybe they were doing they were in a financially very well to do place, and so that they were living at a certain level of of you know maybe luxury, if you will, and then all of a sudden they don't have any income. And it's completely cut off and they have no plan where to go next. And it could be in another two or three months before they see any income coming in, you know, significant enough to pay the bills or whatever. What I'm saying is that those people, number one, are already going to be struggling with the pride issue of of losing their job and how they feel about themselves and, and how they feel other people are thinking about them. You know, by the way, the next step might be going and, you know, selling your eggs on eBay kind of, you know, statements that people might literally say. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that <coughs> for especially for uh, Christians, one of the things God tells us to do is to help those in need. If we have the ability and the means, you know, to take the shirt off your back and give it to the person next to you and, and not to expect it back. And so, you know, what I'm saying is that in this situation, we need to we need to not be like Lynette and have so much pride that we have to tie it to something else. And if somebody offers you a gift, don't don't try to exchange it and say, well, I'm going to pay you. If they say, no, I don't want to be paid back, then don't put any unnecessary strings to that to that gift. And let's be you know, let's graciously accept something that something that somebody, you know, you could be robbing them of a blessing of helping you. That's all. Okay. I was, that's all I wanted to say. OK, Susan, tell us about Susan, Stephanie. Susan is desperate to get MJ into this school. Yes. This overpriced. Private school. OK. Or overpriced for their budget anyway. Mm-hmm. Willing to go. So low as to steal Catherine's $129 pearls. Stealing the pearls is one thing. (laughs) Breaking and entering. I mean, come on. That was, I mean, how can they be friends after that? I, I you do honestly not break, I don't know. You don't break into somebody's house. Well, I'm pretty sure that they passed the point of friendship when Mike started dating her. But but they tr- they're trying to show us that these two are still friends. Like they're going to sit. I don't think on- they are. Yeah, they are. That's what they're trying to show us in this show. When? 
uh, hello, Mike pulls up. It's like, oh, this can't be good. I don't Why? Think they because sh- these two girls have been sitting there talking all day. La- I don't think they've been talking. All you don't day. think it was nighttime when he pulled up, and this happened during the day? They've been sitting there waiting for him to come home. Uh, Catherine went home, took a shower, got dressed. <laughs> they have right. been sitting there all day. All right, but um. Yeah, I think that they were waiting just because Catherine understood that where Susan was coming from. I, anyway, okay. but mm, money aside, I just, my concern with Susan and my concern with with myself as as a mom, we spend the whole nine months that we're pregnant just wanting a healthy baby. Mm-hmm. Ten fingers, ten toes, you know, I just want a healthy baby. Don't care what sex it is, just please let me have a healthy baby. Oh, and I wanted it to not be ugly. Well, that was you. <laughs> I probably would have loved I my I said, kids. God, ten toes, ten fingers, healthy, yes, all of that, and please, no ugly babies. Yes, you did. I did. Specifically, I specific, I prayed every day for a non uh, for a non ugly baby with Megan, with all three. Did you? Oh yeah. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why is that sad? I don't know. There's so oh, many so so I was like, give been. me one good looking baby and the other two. Okay, God, obedience or or I mean, there are so many bigger things that you could have prayed for than anyway. Well, I just we do have three beautiful children. We did. Thank you. Can I go on? Yes. Okay. So then it's all about, I just, you know, they're, they're just going to learn how to crawl and then they're going to learn how to walk. And, oh, I can't wait until they say their first word. They hit this school age and it becomes this competition to be the best. And they're constantly pushing and pushing and putting so much pressure on these kids to perform at what we think their they their potential is you know he's so bright or he's so this or she's so that and i'm like why can't we just why can't we just support our kids even if they want to be average no doubt what's wrong with average what is wrong with average you know and i'm not saying that i'm giving my my kids permission to slack off we have one child who is in school perfectly accepted that that they can just skate by and everything they're going to do the absolute minimum to make it nothing more, nothing less. That's it. We have one child who is going to worry themselves into an ulcer to perform at the highest level that they can. We have one of each. We don't know what the other one will be yet. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Um, probably the class clown who... You know, they're going to pass on just to get her away. (laughs) But, you know, I don't treat those two kids any differently when I sit down to help them with their homework. I, as their mom, know what they're capable of, know what they are going to push themselves to do or not. And um, I'm okay with letting them find out who they are on their own. Do I have a problem with the number of students that they have in each class in our elementary school on occasion? You know, uh, we lost a couple teachers and in the fourth grade, the classes are pushing 32 students per one teacher that I, you know, that I'm a little concerned about, but it's more about my involvement 
in my kid's education than it is going broke, sending them to a private school. Susan, wake up, get involved, and then your son will excel. He won't get lost. He won't get fall behind because there are more kids in the class who, who need the teacher's attention. It, it is about your personal involvement in the class, not how much you pay for tuition. This is true. So, At our church. I'll get off my soapbox. Now. And and I think this I think most uh churches would say the same thing. But at our church, I love what our, our, our children's pastor says. It's like, listen, if you expect to bring your children here and the reason why you're here on Sunday mornings is because well, you want your kids to learn about God, well then you've got the wrong impression of what we're here for, to do for you. We are here to be a supplement, to be to to come alongside and reinforce what you are teaching your children at home about God. Now, I completely 100% endorse that line of thinking. Absolutely. And I don't think it should be any different from non-Sunday school, but instead the Monday through Friday school. You know, now the chan- now the thing is is obviously in our system, they they're they're being taught mathematics and and so obviously they are going to school and we are allowing to other people to take on the responsibility of of training some some techniques and skills that we aren't training them here. But what we do at home and what, or actually technically what Stephanie does here at home is she takes time to supplement that and to reinforce what they're learning through the day. But also outside of that, now those are the technical skills of how to do addition and multiplication and geometry and all this stuff. But what are we, the thing is, what are we doing in real life day to day that are we training our children you know when we go to the store are we asking them to to figure out it's like okay instead of saying you know here's our math lesson today how much does this cost per ounce so it what is it more expensive to buy two of these smaller bags or one of the bigger bags right how can we figure this out and and when when they when we as parents allow them to work with us on some of these situations it's it's really what we're doing is teaching them the application right of some very random things that they're learning in school they're like oh this is boring this is this doesn't what nobody does this stuff but yeah you do there there is some application here and so i think that that's i think that's i think that if what susan i agree with you what susan is doing is she's like okay well i'm gonna work at school all day long so that i can afford to pay this tuition which means i'm home i'm gonna be tired and i'm gonna still have to do my children's stories books yep so I'm going to have less time to be that reinforcement and supplement. And so, yeah, I totally get what you're saying there. I do. But um, so anyway, they, they want us to move on from this and just remember that it's uh, what did Mark say? Oh, it's Mark it's wants the, us to move. Mark's no, it's always not. It's everybody. To move it, it, it's everybody. <laughs> um, it's the, it's the sudsiest of soap operas. <laughs> I understand that. But they do <laughs> touch on a lot of these things that, that are just... Every American family is facing. Right. And I think that they need to be, I think that they need to be talked about. So. I want to talk about Carlos and Gabby. That is my, that is my soapbox. They brought it up and. Okay. I was proud to stand on it. You had a soapbox. I had a soapbox. And now we're talking about Carlos and Gabby. Okay. All right. Perfect. Anniversary. We're still. Which anniversary, I wonder. Their first or their second? I don't know. Uh, we're still paying all. I wonder what you would. I if I were. You know they. Yeah, that they were divorced. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, I know that. Okay. I came back right as she was getting remarried. 
Right. Okay. Yep. That's right. You did. So um, we're still paying off credit card debt. We can't afford that. And he says, not anymore. Uh, and she goes, why didn't you tell me that when you were begging for sex this morning? <laughs> you would have closed that deal, too. <laughs> you would have closed that deal, too. Um, I like how they showed that she was going to be. I mean, because she's already been kind of ever since Carlos has been back to work and all this stuff. She's slowly growing into this old, selfish, egotistical. Old Gabby. Old Gabby. And she goes, oh, finally, we can be us again. It's like, well, why can't us be who we are? Don't rem- Don't forget that old Carlos and Gabby got divorced yes, no and doubt. hated each other. Yeah, no you doubt. Know, um, why, would, why would you want to go back to being to being that again? I love my favorite line. You still fit into that? <laughs> that was, it's like, don't. Yeah, you, even if I get into this dress, you ain't closing that deal. Oh, um, my God. You just don't say that. <laughs> And then, of course, um, exercise boot camp was pretty cool. That was fun. I enjoyed that. And then um, I really like, see, that they remember I tell you they totally destroyed Edie in my mm-hmm. eyes in a couple right. episodes ago. And then you get this episode. Yep. Now, this is what That's I'm talking what about. That's what they like to do. I don't care. Mark Cherry, listen to me, please. Give us this Edie all the time. Okay? We like this Edie. All right. Mm-hmm. I don't care if she has a hard side and 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 she and she she does look, but but the the whole you know the whole uh, sleeping <laughs> with the handyman thing was just a little bit overboard. Well, that well that was old Edie. That was yes, I understand. You, you see, that was in a flashback. Yeah, wasn't okay. So. Fair enough. So in true fashion, they didn't ruin your Edie. Yeah, I guess you're right. They were just showing you who she was before, right? How far she's come. Exactly. There we go. But I did like Edie. Edie was probably my favorite character in this episode. In this episode. As far as I really enjoyed Edie's yeah. part in this. It's like, it's, listen, I, you know what? I, I I rather preferred. What did she say? I've got it written here somewhere. Uh, do, do, do. At, At least, least poor, poor Gabby. Gabby had some humility. Absolutely she did. And boy, that she came, she went inside, put those clothes on and. She started working out. And then I, the hug at the end was awesome. When she hugged the dress lady. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was thinking, I'm like, she didn't hug Edie. No, the, when when Gabby, yeah. she hugged the lady. I love that, how, how, um, how put off the lady was by it. She yeah. was just like, do I hug her back? Or So, yeah. Yeah. That was a good part. That was a good part. So. Bob and Lee. I like Bob and Lee. <coughs> They're funny. Lee is hilarious. Lee is funny. I Always. really I, he's he's one of my favorite characters on the show. He's great. He's very he is very animated. Yeah, I love when um Okay, so Dave comes up and he's talking to Tom and and Bob says that, that they should leave and they get out onto the sidewalk and Lee was what's that all about? What's up? Well, you forget who you're dealing with and it was just Bob, Bob <laughs> Bob. Bob, I could go all day. Bob, <laughs> that's funny, but um, but no, when he said, when Bob said that he was not going to tell because it would just create drama or whatever, and he, and Lee's like, so, yeah, that yeah, was. He funny. says, "I'm up for that. I'm up for that. That's, that's what, what he, he said. said. I'm up for so that. That that was funny. I like Bob and Lee. Well, obviously, we didn't get to see uh, Dave blow his lid and and have all kinds of issues, but it seems like that's going to be coming now. That, I think that when. Um, well, we saw him lose a little bit of control when he, you know, trapped Tom with his arm behind his back and 
looked like he was going to snap his neck. Yeah, no doubt. Tom um, Tom learned he's not going to be throwing more punches anymore, exactly. is he? Exactly. But I think that in that moment, as Tom was walking away, you saw the rage mm-hmm. back in Dave. Yeah. So I, I'm ready for them to close that. A- am I wrong to be so ready for them to, to move on with that story? It's just not moving fast enough for me. It's like all oh, the, the story, story arc yeah. will, that will never end. Yeah, I think it's. But I think you they know? want it to be like that. But I don't want it to be like that. No, Fix I understand. It. It's driving me crazy. Tell Mark he's listening. He better be, Mister so. Cherry. Listen up here. That's right. Oh, what we didn't talk about was we still when, got some time. Go ahead. Yeah, when um, I'm looking at your show notes now. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Lee and Susan. When Lee says, "Yeah, that Mike, he's the keeper." Oh wait, <laughs> oh wait, you didn't, you didn't keep him. Keep him. <laughs> That was funny. That was good stuff. That's just back to Lee. He's he's great. So all right. Anyway, anything else you wanted to share in this episode? I can't think of anything else. It was a no. good one. I enjoyed yeah. watching it. And uh, yeah. oh, um, you know what else was funny was there was a moment when um, let's see, it's Parker, Lynette's middle son, uh-huh. uh huh, fell off his bike when he saw Catherine in her towel. Okay. And Susie oh, yes. was all surprised, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what she got. <laughs> anyway. All right. So uh, let's see here. We wanted to just, uh, if you haven't heard about any of our other shows, which obviously you have, you're a GSPN.TV Plus member if you're listening to this. But anyway, <laughs> just in case you're looking for another show to check out, uh, this week we want to encourage you to check out uh, Family from the Heart. Uh, we're getting ready to, we've been talking about marriage and uh, premarital stuff what to think about before you get married is what we've already covered uh this coming week we're going to be talking about the five threats to marital oneness and uh we're also going to be talking about that uh very fancy man smancy uh movie called fireproof and our critical review of the of the show but also uh it's going to be fair and balanced i guarantee you Mm -hmm. more balanced than you probably will expect from the ravenscrafts here okay so uh, the other thing we want to tell you is that if you want to, you can share this web or this uh, podcast with your friends. You can tell them to go to DesperateHousewivesPodcast.com. We know it's kind of uh, difficult maybe to say, you know, go over to GSPN.TV and then navigate under this podcast and then do this and then do that. But instead, if you just send them a link and say, hey, go to DesperateHousewivesPodcast.com and uh, they'll be able to click right on over. And uh, Stephanie, that's pretty much all I have. If they wanted to call in and leave some comments on our voicemail line for this podcast, they could call in at what number? 859-795-4067. 859-795-4067. All right. And of course, if they wanted to comment uh, and discuss this show or any of the other shows that we produce, uh, all the entertainment shows that we produce here at gspn.tv, they could do that on our forum. And where do they find that at? gspn.tv slash forum alrighty and I think that's pretty much it I think that's got it yeah have we ever had voicemail feedback for this show I think we have in the past yeah Hmm. we we forget to ask for it all the time oh and you can follow us on twitter you can and uh, Stephanie is on twitter.com twitter.com slash at not at Full-time mom. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'd be at full-time mom. I'd be at full-time mom. If you're a Twitterer, mom. you know that. But Twitter.com slash full-time mom. Twitter.com slash GSPN for me. We'll talk to you later. Until next time, thanks for being a part of the community. Absolutely. Absolutely.